now proudly presented on SNME. That's Sunday night's main event. Patreon and free feed. What's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, and the one and only Uncle Bobby V, baby. Or should we say Uncle Yanni Kai? Well, it's a, it's a tribute. It's a, it's, a, it's a combined tribute. Uh-huh. We got we got the Serena De La Renta color and the Janai Kai style yeah. here. They, yeah. were the, they were the two big winners, I think, tonight. Yeah, definitely statements made all across the board. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Slaughterhouse. Sorry, our view was a little bit late. We weren't able to do one live day of because we have previous engagements, but hey, we're doing one now, better late than never, and we're here to talk all things MLW Slaughterhouse, their newest monthly pay-per-view or Fight Plus subscriber. You get it included in your subscription fees. If not, you could pay the $14.99, I think it is, or just pay the $7.99 a month to get all that great content. Good deal. It's a great deal. Great deal. So we're here to talk all things Slaughterhouse and what an event this was. Should Dang. we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so first match off the top is, of course, the Mance Warner recreation or rebringing back 32 years later it's the chamber of horrors match that's right this match has not been seen on television in 32 years and it took a psychopath like mance warner to be the one to resurrect this match uh yeah and it was uh it was pretty wild like the centerpiece was clearly the electric chair which is in case anybody doesn't know, and I had to look this up just to re-verify because it's been 32 years. That means this match would have taken place when we were eight. Yeah. And I don't think our parents would have allowed us to watch a match like this at eight. But it is a steel cage wrapped in barbed wire with a whole bunch of weapons and goodies on the inside of the cage. But the only way to win is to put one of the opposing team members in an electric chair uh, and flip the switch. Yes, that's right. You have to flip the switch with a member of the opposing team in that chair to be declared the victors you must commit murder to win essentially so it was the callings talent and cannonball versing sgc's matt justice and and mance warner so this match was just all kinds of crazy we had screwdrivers we had staples we had doors we had doors we had more doors we had pumpkins uh, we had chairs on the outside, then also on the inside. We had the electric chairs safely in the corner. So when I'm talking about chairs, I'm actually talking about steel chairs. And uh, I think one of our favorite moments was Cannonball kind of incapacitated the center of the ring. Mance Warner picks up one of the carved out jack-o'-lanterns, flips that bitch over, goes to punch a hole out of the bottom, and perfectly places the pumpkin over Cannonball's face. And the smile on, like, if you go back and watch it, because he's got the bit, you could see how happy he is. He's like, oh yeah, baby, this is coming off good. He's big as fucking, he's so happy. He's sitting there like grinning like a fucking jackass. It's amazing. Yeah, it's just amazing. Like a kid at Christmas that got the one gift that they were hoping for. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, like, and like I can imagine his inner monologue just be like, oh yeah, baby, this pumpkin right on there. We are good. so over. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, this match. It was, you know, Matt Justice doing Matt Justice things, diving off the cage. and Mance Warner doing Mance Warner things, and Talon and Cannibal being great opponents. Yeah. Just entertaining all around. And, uh, of course, Talon is the unfortunate one to get locked in that electric chair, and the switch gets flipped. Now, what was cool about Talon is after the match was over and he was electrocuted, he just went all in on the selling and he was still shaking as the match was done. Everyone had left 
the ring. Nobody turned it off. Yeah, that's right. It's true. Yeah, that's he was sign of a professional right there. Yeah, he was just fully, fully committed to the shaking. But it was, it was fantastic. And I gotta say, good craftsmanship on the chair. It looked like a chair of old, like you know, a early nineteen fifties, nineteen forties electric chair. Yeah, this matches a lot. And and I mean, and the only reason I would know that is from movies. People, okay, I don't like research electric chairs. I've seen I've researched electric chairs. Yeah, no, but I've seen them in like the Green Mile, for example. That yeah. looked like a spot on reproduction of the electric chair from the Green Mile, which is set in the nineteen thirties. Yeah, it was an old school electric chair. It looked great. Match was a lot of fun. Pretty much exactly what I expected it to be. Uh, it, it was fantastic. And, and you know what? Thirty two years, but don't bring it back all the time. Don't overuse it save it for once every like three or four years or to really end that storyline yeah, don't bring back every wcw idea yeah don't don't bring and also don't bring it back every slaughterhouse this was an idea that i think mlw redid in their own way and they made it original and fresh once again so yeah. i i did i did enjoy it i yeah, did like, don't don't have robocop don't, yeah just don't overdo come it and make a save yeah we don't need yeah we don't need robocop two and three stick with one 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 was solid. We were actually talking about that earlier. Complete side note. Also, big news: another New Japan star coming over. Hope I'm saying this right. Miu Yashimata, Yashiata, Yamashita, Yamashita. There we go. I tried to. Yeah. Miu Yamashita is coming to MLW very soon in the near future. So keep your eyes on that one. Probably going to see her debut either just before Fightland, maybe at Fightland, or just after Fightland. Now, the one thing I got to stress about this pay-per-view is that the last one, we really didn't have a whole lot of title changes, but this one, we had some big title changes, a lot, and we're going to get into them right off the bat. So first things first, we got Rocky Romero, who we know is going to be fighting Akira, title versus title, uh, and he's backstage with Selena De La Renta and Sam Laterna, as Selena is representing him as he is a member of Hermosios Dorado. So, you know, she's backstage, obviously, representing her uh, her investment, if you will. And Sam asking about how he feels about going out there and defending his title. Selena cuts her off and just embarrasses her once again and says, it's not about feelings. It's about making sure that everyone knows that Promosios Dorados is running MLW. That's it, flat out. And then she says, bye, Felicia. Not Alicia. So she did at least say bye, Felicia, properly this time. Sam's still not happy with that. No, Sam wasn't. Just, just complete lack of disrespect. And uh, we also get, shortly after that, um, before we get Rocky versus Akira, Manders, he won the impromptu coin toss for the spin the deal and make, or spin the wheel, make a deal match where he had a plethora of choices of what could happen. So he won the toss to spin the wheel. He's out there. He pulls the lever and da, 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 the wheel goes all the way around a few times and it lands on a falls count anywhere. That's right. So when Manders and Ricky Shane Page tangle for that open weight title, it will be a false count anywhere. Right. And it was it was entertaining. I'll just say that, but we'll get to that a little later the on. The wheal was fun. The deal was made. The deal was made, absolutely. Okay, Rocky and Akira, title versus title match. Uh, you know, this match was everything you wanted it to be. This was two great performers uh, going at each other, giving everything they have. But what was interesting is that Akira is already over in MLW. Very much so. Akira, two belts was chanted a few times during the match and everyone really digging on Akira but what sold it for me and what really validated Akira with the MLW universe was the fact that Rocky Romero hit sliced Rocky twice twice and that usually ends 99.9% of Rocky Romero's matches but in that 0.1 percentage where the odd thing happens it did Akira kicked out of both twice not at just barely three just over two Akira kicked out both times and then at one point, Akira was actually engaging Romero in a laughing contest, saying, go ahead, hit me with all you got. Romero hitting him with those vicious kicks that he's known for. Romero's known for his striking ability. And Akira not backing down. 
Eventually, though, via a low blow and then a sunset driver, Rocky Romero is able to slay Akira and win the middleweight championship. So now not only is he the MO, uh, CMLL cruiserweight champ, he is also the MLW middleweight champ. And two belts, Akira is no more because he's now just one half of the tag team championships. But I, I love this match and everything it stood for, like my little rundown. But Rob, anything else you want to interject or add uh, on to? No, it? You, you you pretty much spoke to everything. It was it was a great match. I enjoyed the sequences. Guys with a little bit of a different style, like Rocky's a striker, high flyer, and, and Nakira's more of a, a death match striking kind of guy. But he can he can work. He can wrestle you as well. Catch so, death wrestling, right? Catch death, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was an, a very enjoyable match. And like he's like, there's ways to have a match where the loser doesn't necessarily look bad. And the way this match was worked, Akira still looked strong despite taking the L. I mean, it was a, it was a, uh, the finish was what it was. So congrats to both these guys. And we're, we're going to get to see more Rocky Romero and MLW, which is great. Absolutely. And I do want to interject real quickly. There was a point where the gas mask goons were going to attack Selena De La Renta and Akira jumped down in between them, almost looked to be scolding the gas mask goons or the followers of the calling, uh, therefore setting up another Selena De La Renta distraction, which caused Rocky to gain the advantage. Um, but yeah, that's a little concerning right now. The calling, I'm not sure they're all on the same page, or, or at least it showed there because Akira not too happy with uh, the gas mask goons. And I'm not sure if they were following his orders or following someone else's orders. Cracks in the foundation. Cracks in the foundation, absolutely. Okay, so now it's time for Manders versus Ricky for that open weight title. Uh, the match lasted all of eight to nine minutes on the uh, ring area, and then they disappeared to the back. And I'm talking eight to nine minutes with intros and all that stuff, because it wasn't really much of an intro. Manders came out and Ricky just attacked him right away with the open weight title. Um, you know, they had a couple good sequences in the ring, but then they disappeared. And the problem is that MLW's cameras, they're not wireless, they're wired in. So they had to really rush and try to figure out a solution on the fly for this match which was heavily entertaining though the clips that they did show us throughout the remainder of the night so at this point we don't have a clear winner for this match but what we saw in the ring area i i, I enjoyed it for what it was what did you think i i certainly enjoyed it uh you know it wasn't the best match on the card but it certainly wasn't bad these two guys know how to work each other they, they're very familiar with each other mm -hmm. uh and and you know the way that the matches worked where it was like okay well this match is still going on but we're going to move along while they're beating the shit out well, yeah we have to the, I mean, the camera crew production team is trying to figure out a way to get something wirelessly set up so they can follow these guys around and and, and if they don't have that yet we have time to kill we're not going to wait so we move along featherweight match and we all know Denley exo was supposed to take on becca but due to becca's record company and their putting a like a stall on her she's not allowed to wrestle until her album is complete bullshit so well i mean the record company much like selena de la renta was just protecting their investment well they should have more respect for their investment let her pursue her their investment freedom. should finish one thing at a time no don't 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 try and dictate how an international pop star should prioritize international means they have to visit more than one continent right uh she's nominated for a latin grammy award oh my God, she is not i've checked the she's not on any latin you grammy nomination check properly she is traveling i went to latingrammys.com she has traveled and performed all over the world internationally really really okay you know what guys i'm gonna pose this question let's settle this debate once for all if you've ever seen becca live in your continent and you do watch our program and enjoy our program thank you so much first off second off comment what country 
you've seen Becca in. And let's really find out once and for all if she's international. She's big in Japan. Please, guys, comment below. I Love know she's not. She's not big in Japan. Sheboygan? <laughs> very big in Sheboygan, eh? Yeah, Sheboygan. Sheboygan is still North America. She hasn't traveled a different continent. Big to Sheboygan. Sheboygan. They love this thing. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we're moving on to featherweight action. So as I said, Dominic was supposed to take on Becca, but unfortunately due to the uh, record label and all that stuff, we're not going to bring it up again because he gets all angry and squirrely. We had a phantom challenger and the phantom challenger is another member of Formosios Dorado. That's right. Selena Dallaranta brings out the always dangerous kick demon herself. Janai Kai. That's right. Rob just hinted to it earlier with the homage in his hair, but Janai Kai is in MLW. And if you guys don't know who Janai Kai is, she's a fantastic talent. Please go through the Straight Talk archives because I do have a conversation with her there. It was one of my favorite ones from earlier this year. She is phenomenal. And I actually believe I did pose the question of, I think you would be work, work well in the featherweight division for MLW. So go check out her response because it is quite interesting. Uh, but regardless, she comes out. She is all over Delmi. And Delmi, it's hard. It's hard when you're a champion and you're preparing for Becca. Becca gets removed and you're preparing for somebody else, but you don't know who the other person is. At least Alex Kane had a notice of who he was facing so he can try to come up with a game plan. But when you don't know who you're facing, how can you possibly come up with a game it's plan? It's a challenge. It's absolutely challenge. And then you have to literally work your game plan on the fly. Now, she did a good job of that, Delmi. She held her own for a while, but Janai, too dangerous with the striking ability that she has, too dangerous with her submission holds. And unfortunately, she makes Delmi tap. And Delmi XO is no longer the featherweight champion. That's right. Promotions Dorado with a statement second win tonight. That's two championships for two debuting members of Promotions Dorado. And that's really showing that Selena knows how to pick them, knows how to work the deals. And already they have the majority share of gold now in MLW. Yeah. And you look at Janai Kai with her uh, kickboxing, taekwondo background. She's got uh, accelerated reaction time. Delmi didn't have any chance to prepare. I think it, in a situation where you don't have that opportunity to prepare, but your opponent does, and your opponent already has that heightened reflex, and, and uh, it, it was just too much for Delmi to overcome, and those strikes and submissions just wore her down. And we've got a new featherweight champion, so congrats to Janai Kai. And Promosios Dorado, really on the rise here, it's... It's uh, shaping up to be an interesting 2024 for the league. Absolutely, absolutely. And guys, don't forget, the league has plenty more great things coming. We've got, again, more fusions coming this week. We've got Thanksgiving on MLW, which drops on the 23rd of November. Then we've got Fightland on the 18th of November. That's the next MLW event available on Fight Plus. And I'm sure they're going to be building up to an amazing car just like they delivered here at Slaughterhouse. Now it's time for the second, or first, sorry, of two main events. That's right. It's Mazoro Suzuki and Jacob Fatu, a match decades in the making. This is what everybody wanted to see. And this crowd was hot for this match. These two guys were just circling each other in the ring. And we were all get already getting this is awesome chance. And it absolutely was awesome. These two did not hold back. They hit each other with everything. Suzuki had Jacob Fatu thriving in pain from an ankle and calf hold in the middle of the ring. And I've never seen Jacob Fatu scream that much in pain. But these two went at each other hard. Mizoro Suzuki's chest and back were red. Jacob Fatu was giving no fucks and hitting Suzuki with everything he possibly could. But unfortunately... It was not enough for Jacob Atu. Mizoro Suzuki was able to secure the win uh, via pile driver. And Suzuki and Fatu, for me, uh, was match of the night. 
this was everything I was hoping for and it delivered on so many levels. But what was great is not so much the result for the match because it could have went either way. What was great was the show of respect. Jacob Atu literally kneeling to Suzuki in the center of the ring and giving him the we not worthy bowing bow, down. bowing down to him. And uh, Suzuki then lifting him up, hugging, embracing him, raising his hands up to show that this is a true fighter. And that's what Suzuki's doing in his kind of farewell tour of pro wrestling. He's taking on the best fighters from each promotion. Josh Alexander in Impact, John Moxley in AEW, so forth and so on. And Mazzaro Suzuki is paying it forward by, if not putting them on the map, making sure the world knows that they should be watching. Right. And it it was, uh, man, I feel like I'm going to do a Matt Stryker here, like, George, these are two tremendous athletes. They have no hesitation. They will give no ground. They will not back down. It was an absolute war. They beat the hell out of each other. And the post-match was the exclamation point on what was a once-in-a-lifetime match between these two absolute warriors. Mm -hmm. Uh, And really, that's what it was. And especially that, I I really enjoyed that post-match just of Fatu laying down all that respect and Minoru Suzuki pulling him up and, and basically saying like, you're worthy of the accolades and the applause as well. Um, just love seeing it. And, and Jacob's a guy that doesn't get noticed enough and he really should because mm-hmm. he can go so well. And he also showed Jacob Fatu. He looked trim. He looked like he cut some weight. So whatever the reason for that, he looked great. It showed these guys, hit each other hard it was exactly what you expect from a match between two guys like this and i really really liked it fully agree with you match of the night 150 we also get another selena de la renta announcement she's been all over this card tonight uh she is bringing in more cmll stars to debut at fightland so we're going to see some more members of that incredible roster at fightland who who will they be facing we don't know yet it's still early on who will they be who will be coming we don't know still too early on but just be prepared. Keep your eyes to the MLW uh, uh, YouTube page. Follow our socials, Uncle Bobby B, Straight Talk Wrestling, because we usually do post some tidbits about MLW if, we, if we'd like to share. If not, you can always watch on the weekly run uh, review show and rewind that we do here. And now it is time for the main event. Or is it? It's not yet. Because Manders and Ricky, they're back. They're back in the ring. We've been following the round. They've been dropping little 10-minute clips or 10-second clips, sorry, here and there throughout the show. They were in a boiler room at one point. They were in a U-Haul at another point. Uh, and Matt Stryker also pointing out that was the cleanest, cleanest rental, rental truck he's ever. ever seen. And it actually was. He's right. It was. They definitely they definitely washed the hell out of that, that, that bastard. For sure, they did. They absolutely did. But uh, they're back in the ring. And uh, you know what? Manders was all over Ricky. All over him. And he was poised to win this title. Then Akira kind of rushing out to, I guess, help Ricky was kind of pushed over by Manders. And then Akira went over to Ricky, was pushed in Ricky's direction. And Ricky just kind of grabbed him and threw him back in Manders' direction. And Manders hit him with a dangerous lariat, but it caused enough of a distraction for Ricky to hit the Raven effect on the outside, get Manders for the one, two, three, and still hold on to that open weight title. But Akira after that win was not happy getting up in the face of Ricky did not want to be the sacrificial lamb for Manders and uh, did not want to be a distraction or a tool to be used in Ricky's manipulation. Ricky not giving any fucks pushes him down to the floor, not just pushes him down to the floor. Like a, you were a lower life form than me scream some verbiage at him, which we weren't, it wasn't inaudible. So I couldn't hear everything that was being said, but definitely 
there's no longer cracks. The foundation is crumbling literally minute to minute of the calling. And what was the strongest faction in MLW is now quickly falling apart at the seams, literally. That's the Raven effect. That's the that's the Raven effect. Well, the fact that the Raven Raven himself has not been there to control these two, they're kind of like the inmates running the asylum right now. And if there is no warden, how can you keep the peace? That's right. So trusting Akira, trusting Ricky. It was all over the place. We had no and both both egos getting the better part of these men. And when Raven was there, he had everybody on the same mission. And you know what else? Mandy Leon has been completely MIA. Yeah, as well. I'm not sure. Mandy Leon and raven both mia we have not seen the calling at full strength in some time so i'm not sure if reagan raven is going to appear anytime soon to try to squash this before it gets worse but right now the calling not looking very strong that's to say the least and now it is time for our second of two main events that's right alex kane going one-on-one with filthy tom lawler that's right last minute change due to an emergency appendicitis the dbs unfortunately suffered he had to get emergency surgery so we do wish him the best in his recovery we want to see you back in mlw but what a great fill-in yeah huge fill-in new japan's own former mlw champion filthy tom lawler and he came out he was all kinds of filthy yeah we saw him in the summer at forbidden door fantastic and and he was in his filthiest form it was great yeah he was even a little bit more filthy here almost like he didn't shower since when he got off the plane he always comes out super greasy yeah yeah it's it's the thing it's the thing like even though I'm greasy, I'm gr- I'm I'm gonna be even more greasier than the greasiest sleaze bucket, you know. Like we actually saw Chris Adonis last night, the former Chris Masters, slip on his own baby oil in the ring. Like the grease effect is real, and Filthy Tom was greased up. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was. And uh, keep your ears, uh, Robbie or Bobby, dropping hints here. Keep your eyes out because Straight Talk did sit down with the one and only Chris Adonis coming in a few weeks. So definitely keep your ears and eyes out for that one when it drops on the socials. Uh, this was great, back and forth uh loved everything about it uh kane not being able to really hit the fit uh, fade the black because tom lawler himself has a submission background i like this it was the the battle of the rear naked chokes yeah who was gonna hit it first who was gonna land it and um tom lawler had it in he had it in but kind of off an inverted bulldog into a roll-up if you will because he bulldogged it but not really he just got back position on him. submission transition yeah and... it was but alex kane was able to do that via the bulldog into a roll-up for the one two three and retain uh kane you know almost squeaked by in that one i will say so far tom waller has given him the toughest challenge in his title defense reign and i'm not taking anything away from kane but again you can't really prepare wholeheartedly when you spent you know, five weeks preparing for Davy Boy, and you only got a week to get ready for Filthy Tom Lawler. Well, you can't get ready. Kane's got that secret weapon because when the straps come down, look the fuck out. Yeah, it's true. Kane hits that second gear, hits that third gear, if you will, uh, to definitely uh, be able to pull the win out. And as he's kind of celebrating, or not really celebrating, just reiterating what we already know that MLW is Boomaye, and Boomaye is, is for the, for the people. people. Uh, Matt Cardona and MSL, they interrupt. And Matt Cardona making his attentions known. He's saying, listen, Kane, I, I, I'm i next. Next man up is me. Alex K pretty much telling him he's not worthy, uh, like he's done to every one of his opponents. And he says, listen, you talk all the shit you want. Why don't you back that ass up in this ring so I can fucking mop the floor with you? And Cardona says, you want to wanna go now? You want to go now? Uh, you know, I got 2 million Twitter followers. And Alex Kane says, yeah, I got 6,000. And he's like, yeah? Well, I got 2 million, and I should be the face because I have so much more of a following. Kane says, well, your Twitter followers are all dumb. 
<laughs> I mean, he also hey, wait a minute. Him, I'm one of those followers. God damn it. He also called him like non melanin deficient. That was it. Melanin, de- melanin deficient. Melanin deficient. That's uh, right. But, but I have to know, Kane did not achieve his listed goal of tapping out a UFC hole. He tried. He had it in and just didn't get it fully he locked won in. It, he won it by pinfall. So uh, that goal remains outstanding. But yeah, you know, I so does Oprah, but never yeah. say never. The year is still hit. We still got two months left in the year, man. Alex said, you know, he he respected Matt Cardona. He's revolutionized wherever he's gone. But here in MLW, he hasn't really done anything. So Kane doesn't feel he's worthy of that shot. And say I I respect Cardona. I I, I think it's it's extremely talented. What he he's a he's very talented for what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he wants any of that smoke from from Alex Kane. I'm gonna be honest. It's uh I, th- I think he might bite off more than he can chew, even with the World Titan Federation backing him up. The Bumaye Fight Club has got just as much numbers. Like I don't, I don't think you want that. That's a fair, that's a fair assumption. He didn't want it, but he tried to go for it because he Kane steps out of the ring, runs toward him. Cardona has no choice but to run at Kane, and then it's kind of a brawl between the two. But we also forgot about Tom Lawler, who was sulking the loss around the ring. He slips in and hits Thomas in the back with a chair, and then he's throwing down shots at Thomas. So as the camera goes off the air, it's just an all-out brawl, and I'm not sure if this means that Filthy Tom Lawler may be sticking around and maybe inadvertently a new member of the World Titan Federation just in order to kind of help Matt Cardona with this this new challenge. Just because he's anti-Kane right now? I mean, it's possible. And, And the mistake was don't don't sneak attack Kane when the straps are already down. That's like like that's like attacking Frieza when he's in his final form. Get him early on when he's fresh and he hasn't hit that that third gear, fourth gear yet. Like that was your mistake, Cardona. You, you don't go after the man when the straps are already down. Yeah, he was already hot. That was a bad idea. You should have just announced your intentions on Thursday. Maybe give the guy a couple days off. Catch him with the straps up. That's oh, what I mean. You know, catch him. And then he might have been in a good mood and been like, yeah, okay, you know what? respect i'm gonna give you a shot but yeah you're right cardona fucked up he uh he went for the smoke at the wrong time right wrong time you know what they say only you can prevent forest fires suppose (laughs) well what about what about like just brush fires i didn't start those they just happened hey billy joel said it the best we didn't start the fire was always burning All right, guys, that's it for this one. Slaughterhouse is in the can. Our review and recap is in the can. As always, I'm your host, your boy, George McKay. This is Uncle Bobby B, baby. Or as I like to call him, Salida Kai, here on Straight Talk Wrestling slash MLW Rewind. Always on SNME, on their Patreon and feed feed, so check it out there. Follow us on the socials. As always, guys, peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you on Thursday for our next Rewind, and we'll see you on our road. The fight land. Adios. Peace.